Hello and welcome back to our show, where we talk about TV shows on a podcast. Yes, friends, it's that time. Steve and I are back to talk about The Goldbergs, episodes two and three. Steve, over to you. Thank you very much, Eli, and thank you, thank you to all our friends all over the world, especially those friends listening in from Sweden. We really appreciate all our friends and are just so glad that people are tuning in and watching. And I have to say, just really glad to be watching the Goldbergs again. Super funny, super easy to watch. So much fun from the 80s, and what I loved as we talk about episode two and three, is that two kind of is sort of more about the dad and opens up with this montage of 80s TV dads, which is sort of funny and like really kind of brought me back. But I'm excited for some of the things that were we saw in episodes two and three, especially a little more from the sister, a little more from the mom, especially some of her sweaters. So I'm super interested in hearing what Eli thought of episodes two and three of The Goldbergs. The Goldbergs. Well, this is a very fun, as we said last time, nostalgic show. And all of the different, both in the show or borrowing from historic, you know, clips, footage, famous ones and actual footage from Adam's childhood, right? All of that really like paints the picture. And um, the one thing that, that I like is that it's very familiar. And so it's very easy to drop into each of these episodes. Um, and I also noticed that that's almost a double-edged sword because as soon as you move on to the next episode, I'm already like thinking about two. Wait, what happened in two? Um, was that the roller rink? And um, so it's cool because I think it's not really a double-edged sword as much as, um, yeah, just to comment on the flow of the show where it sort of all kind of adds, but you're you're very quickly on to the next episode and mini caper. Um, and as you were saying, you know, focusing on the dad more, um, I think it's fun when shows really like go after an archetype and then they, in my mind, kind of attempt to, you know, shake that up or to, or to dig pierce deeper into that archetype. Right. And so in two, we see the dad, put in an uncomfortable place, right? <laughs> Essentially called out, too. And somewhat bluffingly uh, won't accept the reality that, yes, his teenage daughter has become too much for him to handle all of the things that comes with uh, being a teenage girl on this time. So it's fun because we, the dad has been such a an archetype and... Not hasn't had like, you know, I think as you were alluding to, hasn't had like a ton of depth or story yet in the um, pilot. So in this one, we immediately get more. We get a lot more of the older sister, something I was uh, interested in 
from the pilot and their relationship. But yeah, we get a, a great uh, a great glimpse of the dad in his life and this great arc through episode two of him uh, really coming to terms with <laughs> the reality. They called his bluff, right? <laughs> uh, Absolutely. And hilarity ensued and... Um, yeah, I love the just sort of subplots as well. Uh, you know, Barry, that's like actually where Barry goes to unwind. And it's like his one special place. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, not really at his rap group where he's big tasty. No, uh, he's actually wearing his mom's fanny pack at the roller rink. Uh, and that's his place. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it was a great character. Uh deepening episode for the dad and for um really this the sister and barry you know sort of uh barry got that subplot that really you know revealed a bunch more and i love the um you know final scene where they're all they all show up they're all dressed and ready and barry's like what <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, the the dad and you know his relationship with the the older sister, two characters who certainly um, weren't as much in the spotlight in the in the first pilot episode, and you know I had been asking for more of the older sister, so um, we definitely get that, and some hilarity ensues, and she is not the you know just straight up rebellious teenager she actually is still sweet and kind um and it's it's generally so far um a pretty warm feeling even with the occasional raunchiness and capers and mishaps um the goldbergs brings a warm family comedy feeling thus far totally yeah and it, it certainly brings up a good point and I recall, maybe this is actually how I began watching it. You could just like sit down and drop into an episode of this show without knowing, having seen anything or know any of the characters and enjoy like just a one-off. Right. And then go back and get into it. It's, it's sort of designed that way for sure where they kind of yeah talk about everybody almost a, a new, a new day is like a new introduction to their life in a way or a new yeah situation and i think really that is like what we started to call the mini caper um and i also think there was a time and maybe this is also a throwback to the 80s there was a time when you know certain kind of tv sitcoms um you know like there were only three channels right when we were kids Mm -hmm. that you could get without cable right um, NBC, ABC, and CBS. So anything prime time sort of had to be that way, I think. Or there just yeah. was a different standard around that, around each episode being kind of standalone in certain ways. So I think it's interesting that they do that and also interesting to look at how some shows we've watched aren't as much that uh, as they are really, really bigger stories and arcs. And yet, I think every TV show, especially a half hour or even less, but half hour network, you know, half hour format show, maybe has to be that to some degree, or is, and especially a network show seems to have that to some degree. 
So I think that's probably just endemic to the platform, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I I recall, and I don't know if we've talked about this on, on this podcast before, but I remember reading an article, an interview with like Alan Thicke, who did not only was on that show, um, I don't know if it was Family Ties or which one it was. He had his, he had one of those 80 shows, but he and his wife wrote the theme song to the show. And the article is about the pressure to write those theme songs to those 80s sitcoms mm. because that was the initial hook when someone was like flipping around the channel to get them to like stay and watch the episode. Yeah. And, it, and that's why they have those like songs that draw you in. And I think if we're talking about where the Goldberg is playing off of that 80s TV style, like they also have kind of a cool thematic song that right. hooks you in and gets you going, gets you going. And but yeah, just to get back to the episode itself, I, I definitely really thought that this episode took an interesting twist on the sort of nostalgia kids getting older thing was the father's relationship with the daughter mm-hmm. becoming like a young lady and just his just re- primal rejection of all things adult around his daughter and then having to embrace it and just some of the comedy devices they used little montages little quick cuts that they used to describe that like the little things she was saying or her in the shower and just his like ugh montage like ugh <laughs> right being called out on it yeah um leading to the scene where he <laughs> he decides okay i'm going to like <laughs> reach out to my daughter no judgment talk to me about it what's really funny about that so she starts telling him all the real <laughs> stuff that's going on in his life and then it goes on to like other subplots for a while and comes back <laughs> and he's still listening to her <laughs> until he just blows up. <laughs> that sequence was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. She just literally unloads and lets him actually know what's going on in her life. And uh, yeah, that was really funny. And yeah, the way they interspersed, but also just like what we hear, you know, from her the little bits we hear and just that, like painting this picture of a teenager, you know, like out doing teenage things and um, the dad still living almost in a sitcom world. Right. Of like, my daughter doesn't do any of that stuff. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Of course she does. It's the, it's the eighties. She's 17, 16, 17 year old girl. Um, Yeah. It's pretty funny. And, they do definitely utilize cutting between, you know, the stories and subplots well, as many, many TV shows, you know, modern TV shows do. And those moments where you don't know how much time has passed, right? Like you come, when they cut back, you don't know how long she's been talking, but it's like, right. it's understood that main, it's like been a while. And the main story was the back to school clothes. <laughs> with, with between the mom and uh, this constant yeah. um, power dynamic through the first two episodes between like the mom and you know Adam the youngest son and then his always running to the grandpa and the grandpa tampering and then it getting back to mom <laughs> so we have that actually through all three episodes um, 
there's yeah. that's was, like a subplot. It was that sequence. Plot. <laughs> yeah. That mm-hmm. sequence that I loved was when he initially stated, you know, I'm I'm not gonna wear the train clothes. I'm gonna wear what I want. And it just sort of zooms in on her like processing moment, like internal processing. I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like <laughs> she's she's really funny. So I just yeah, I, I want to check in with you on on these characters. I know you you wanted to see more of the the sister. You got a little more in episode two. Obviously, more of the mom is is coming through. Just what do you what do you how are you connecting or what do you what's your temperature on some of these on the family? Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of places you can go with this kind of a, a story and family. And they're definitely fun and interesting archetypes uh, or interesting takes on archetypes. Um, I feel like nothing's too surprising yet, um, but they're definitely... I know it's cool. They like really lean into sort of the archetypes of like this is how this character is, but then the growth as well. So the mom and the dad are kind of obvious ones, especially in uh, episode two. And moreover, I think it's just potentially, you know, part of this show is uh, to show a more sort of realistic and modern take on uh, this you know, sort of family growing up, growing pains, family comedy. Um, and so we get to see, uh, you know, especially two and three, the mom really, really grapple with her kids growing up, her baby boy growing up, uh, and yet, like, continue to grow. And um, I guess through most of two and three, she is pretty much holding on still. But we do get to see a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on and kind of inner life. And I think that's something that comes with this being a modern show. You don't quite get that from an 80s, you know, half an hour network sitcom, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. you may be re- reading way between the lines if you're getting that deep. But here I think it's like pretty clear that um, they're actually tackling, you know, these issues and confronting and uh, showing personal growth of characters. So, yeah, more than any, like, specific characters, I just thought it was cool that they show a lot of, like, honesty and and, and growth in these characters so far. Um, so that's been fun, especially through the first three as sort of a, as we've talked about before, a mini mini arc or at least, you know, the first two being introduction i think three really does go well with one and two for this as well so i totally it is a great introduction to the whole family and world i totally agree and especially what i noticed that i didn't think about too much you know upon this rewatch originally they have kept us within the family right we haven't met any friends i think in the third episode we meet the guy who works at um the father's furniture store. That's like the one exterior character that we've actually met. That yeah. That has anything to do with anybody. And he's like such a minor role. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that's cool. And it's definitely locking you in to this family and what's important and what the focus of this show is ultimately going to be. There's also something to that, how we talked on the last podcast about how it really just drops you into the family, into the house. And we're just off and running and, you know, you could just, you could have picked up with two and probably followed this or picked up with three and been pretty much on track with everybody and what's going on, which may be calculated in this day and age, who knows? Yeah. And what I found interesting is I'm a father, my son's six and a half, and it's sort of this cliche notion that the kids goes by fast or quickly. Right. But it's really, it's really true. And I feel like what the genesis of some of the mom and the father dealing with like emotionally as characters here is that reality of like all of a sudden he's going into seventh grade. The youngest one isn't young anymore. And she's, you know, dealing with that reality as a mom to have like no one to hug. And that's, I mean, that's sort of what it leads us one, two, and then finally we're in the third episode of this shift and she's got no one to hug. And it just, it's really grounded in these real issues that families deal with when kids grow up and they get older, you know, like and dynamics change and, and people have feelings. And even if they're, you know, they're moving through them, we're getting a little glimpse and it's a very sort of interesting way and funny way too to sort of see these maybe more difficult moments that family and shifts that happen like within families. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's all very like good hearted. Right. And, um, and I think realistic in both, you know, actual and TV life and how that sort of translates, you know, this is definitely a more, um, modern representation of this iconic format and genre. So uh, in that sense, it is cool. And um, yeah, there's some continued uh, great stuff, especially on that front with both the mom and dad and three. Um, and now it's just, you know, kind of switched a little what the catalyst is so the dad now is uh flipped and uh is trying to deal with barry and uh the mom is still uh entrenched in this sort of uh, battle against her dad and her youngest <laughs> uh, but over something different now but yeah it is interesting how the mom and dad at least through these three that's almost, you know, central to their characters and stories is regardless of the capers, mini episode, you know, arcs, what have you. Their, you know, this show is about their kids growing up and them dealing with that, wrangling, letting go, et cetera. So um, that's cool. And then, you know, I think the the third episode really... I wouldn't say it sort of like shifts the spotlight, but I feel like it puts Adam more firmly in the four 
Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's that's interesting. You know, the third one we now have like um, a really good, really good sort of view of everyone, and um, yeah, we get just deeper into the youngest of the family, trying to assert his coming of age, growing up, choosing his own clothes, going to R-rated movies, <laughs> Poltergeist. <laughs> I love how he dupes yeah. the grandpa too. That scene was pretty great, especially <laughs> for being a fan of the '80s. You know, remembering and having rewatched *The Great Mouse Detective* with my son recently, <laughs> it's just so funny that that's he's like, "Where's the effing mouse?" at the end, <laughs> and and even just the concept. I mean, I loved three. I loved the subplot of Barry wanting to be an NBA player and needing the Reebok pumps to make it, <laughs> to really make that dream happen. And then, you know, that leading to working for his dad and just sort of found that whole subplot to just be really satisfying and funny. And, and it was the title of the episode too. So it was, so it was very poignant. And what another, the other thing that I really was, I keep getting kind of blown away by these eighties things like the dollar movie Fridays or whatever it was, like the the dollar matinee or whatever yeah. it was that they were going to see. It's like, what? Like, yeah, you could just go see a movie for a dollar. That's what that's what it was like back then. Like that, because because it was pre, you know, there was VHS, you could rent movies, but like, or it was just like you go see these films that were released even like within the past few years for like a buck, right? He's talking about going to see Stripes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the only point. the only other way to see, you know, a movie that was more than a year old was to rent or buy the DVD or VHS rather in the eighties, right? So, if you didn't have a friend who owned the VHS, this was a great way to see um, hits, you know, and interesting movies that were over a year old. Sometimes just even uh, less than that. But yeah, it's. It's so funny the little pieces uh, that remind remind you of not only what it was like, but also just like the lack of access, as we were talking about last episode, the lack of access to just media, entertainment, movies, all this stuff. Right, and what strikes me is how like closely linked the 80s is to like a bygone era, whereas... There's more modern things in the 80s, but the technology's not <laughs> super advanced, you know? Like, so they, they do have VHS and they can record a VHS and they can go to the video store and get a VHS, but like, it's still, the movie house is just still so accessible and affordable. And like, there's just sort of these things in American culture that brought people together that remain through this generation that really sort of. I don't know when they died. I guess the nineties, two thousands, like when, you know, they like yeah. there's just something about the line between like old Americana and like modern that gets blurred in the eighties for some reason. You know, like the drive ins mm. and the and these kind of dollar screenings where you just like go to the movies. Yeah on an afternoon and not have to spend that much money. I mean, if we went to go you know, it's like half price at the movies now is like still like 15 bucks or whatever, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And it really was the, I mean, I feel like 
the 90s, 2000s, obviously, 2000s started the next century. And so I feel like the 80s are still firmly late 20th century, right? Um, and so they are in a way, and maybe even sort of late 70s, 80s, feels like this time that bridged, you know, centuries in a way. Bridged like uh, basically, you know, the digital age, the 20th century yeah. into the digital age. Yeah, and there's a lot of content that kind of pokes fun at it where it's like, look at this cool new thing. It's called a CD player. You know, like I think that's from like The Wedding Singer or something. Right. Like it's just the the innovations at that time in retrospect are so minimal, but to the time they were like huge, right? Like no one yeah. could have thought anything would be better than VHS. Well, and it was when, you know, Back to the Future was set, you know, the book 1984, course written mm-hmm. well before but the 80s were believed to be sort of when technology would really start and maybe it did but because of sort of exponential innovation or whatever you want to you know however you want to think of the digital age what we know now is that like the biggest you know computers that occupied a whole room in the 80s had less memory than our iPhones now probably so the exponential, exponential growth of tech, innovation, internet, digital technology since the 80s has just made it look so archaic and laughable. And um, yeah, I think that's part of why the 80s and early 90s are nostalgic right now in the world in such a way. It's been long enough, but they're also a bridge between the 20th and 21st century, you know, figuratively, metaphorically, literally, many ways. Uh, yeah. So I mean, even if you just, yeah. you could put a line at like pre-cable TV before when it was like right. the four channels to when you got the box and you got like 30 channels or whatever, 50 channels or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And we, of course, uh, you know, were born in this bubble and uh, in that unique time of sort of uh, growing up pre-cell phone, pre-mass internet, pre-cable proliferation, um, where you had to call a landline and it could be busy to hang out with friends, you know, in elementary school, to, you know, my first email address was in college. Uh, My first personal email address was my college email address. And still no one had really personal cell phones, maybe one or two people in college towards the end. But, um, and I'm sure even, you know, you just being a year or two behind me, that started to change. And then, you know, now my uh, preteen nieces and nephews have iPhones. So that has all changed so quickly. And once again, you know, this show has gotten us talking about nostalgia, but... I think it's good to talk about because it really is uh, a, a personally and historically uh, a very pivotal time where we see these new new things cropping up, which we now know are just the very, very first beginning stages of a complete digital screens everywhere transformation to the 21st century. 
Yeah, it's hard not to bring it up when when watching the Goldbergs here and just kind of experiencing the funny aspects of the eighties and the technology and everything. And and we were born at a unique time. I mean, I just we were young, but I, I have these very very lucid memories of these changes, you know, of getting the first Nintendo with my brother on Christmas Day, the first day we got cable in the house, you know, the first sort of groups of movies that I went to see, like with my mom and yeah, when I started to go on my own and the shift at that time. And, and uh, it's cool, his, uh, the, his bedroom was fun and sort of reminiscent not only gave you a view into like the kind of kid he was, but just of the time with like the Indiana Jones poster. And, um, he had some I good posters other, actually. Yeah. I forget the other one, whether it was like another Spielberg kind of poster or sci-fi poster or whatever what the other one was, but it was this notion that like, he's this young sort of 80, 80s quote unquote geek or, or like really into, you know, Stripes, really into like all these movies that of the time. And he's smart, like he's learning through these things and these worlds in like a different way. And being creative with the VHS and sort of documenting around the house. And I don't know, it's cool. He, they also did a cool job of, and this being based on his, the creator's real life, quite obviously. And he then went into entertainment, so it makes a ton of sense. But it does, it does really create a unique character, that youngest character sort of separating from everybody else. He's into his own stuff. Mm-hmm. He's coming of age. He's like knowing what he likes, what he's into, what he wants to do. He wants to pick his own clothes to go to seventh grade. And he wants, you know, these basic things, but he's also trapped in this you know, kind of little boy body and he's the youngest and he's just sort of like, (laughs) you know, struggling about that and the mom's having trouble letting go. And, um, but yeah, I liked for sure how things kind of came to a head in the third episode for everyone. And the mom, I think, Susan too, needing to really let go with the clothes. Yeah. The whole act of taking him to the store and really turning on the girl to like keep it open and you getting to see how a side of her, this mama bear that'll like fight for her, her children very fiercely and you don't want to be on her bad side. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of fun. Anything, yeah, not, you know, it was really focused on the family. So I was going to say like any other characters jumped out, but it really is just the family and they're all, they're all pretty endearing in their own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to see a good, good bit of all of them through the first three as well. Um, We definitely get more of their story and um, yeah, they all have, you know, distinct personalities and interests and, um, none of them are just sort of drafting off the older sibling, right? They're like yeah. all like different things. And um, ultimately, you know, the brothers aren't really like each other at all. 
right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, get a good, a really good um, immersion in the family and these characters and their their quirky, fun family, including the grandpa, uh, who is of course great. And um, yeah, like you said, there aren't really a lot of external characters, though we get the sense eventually we'll get introduced to some more um, potential friends, love interests, what have you. Yeah, definitely. So just to remind everybody at home what our new format is here on Shows with Friends after we watch these first three episodes, then we decide if we're going to go ahead and watch the whole season and come back and talk about it with one podcast. So that's sort of the decision now that's on Eli's plate. Yeah. Now that you've met the Goldbergs, you've visited with them for three episodes. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Well, Steve, as we continue to update our format, um, that continues to bring new things to the podcast. And what we actually have here is sort of a technical issue. This is a full network season. And do you know how many episodes are in the first season of this show? I did see. So 23, but reminder, 20-ish, 21-minute episodes yeah so yeah there'd be about 20 left on the table 20 20 20 minute episodes so generally when we started the show you know it's sort of do you want to continue watching the show right right but now the question is do you want to watch the rest of the first season and i can't commit to watching all 20 episodes of the goldbergs because it's really not a show you need to watch every single episode, right? So I think we're at a new place in this show, which is that I am going to periodically watch an episode of The Goldbergs. But I'm not sure if we want to figure out a new show to start or if we want to just come back in a week after... I've watched a few more and talk about this again. So it's a little bit of a conundrum because um, I sort of was like, all right, yeah, like I could watch the next episode. But then I realized that the question kind of is, are we going to watch the rest of this whole season, come back and talk about it all? And that seems a little aspirational that I would watch all 20 over the next couple of weeks. Agreed. I agree with that. And I also think... And we did sort of really talk about it on this previously on this podcast that the Goldbergs is great. You can just throw up an episode whenever you want and you don't have to even know what season it is or what, you know, what is going on. So I think structurally this works a lot differently than the Dairy Girls, Gentleman Jack, Dark Matter, where... There's a real kind of story arc that you're charting, even with Dark Matter, where it was a lot of sort of twists and turns in that final season one finale. Yeah. Still, there was enough for us to sort of talk about as it came to like a season wrap up. Yeah. I do agree that 
this is different that we could yeah we could watch a couple episodes we'd come out and we could have a similar conversation to what we're having here so i don't think we need to do that the only thing is that you know we since if we're not going to do that then i just want to like um i would say one of the reasons to keep watching or when you're watching on your own and there was just like a little taste of this is the mom's wardrobe is just really <laughs> awesome as you can tell and she sort of even flaunts her bedazzled look like i have style right and so like that's really setting up some great physical comedy later on when they actually get into her style and actually what she wears all the day and she winds up and I'm small spoiler spoiler alert beep, beep. but she and there was a there was a hint of it because she was wearing a sweater that was like a fun 80s sweater yeah you know in a couple of these episodes those evolve and become more outrageous and wild and they're actually his mom's real sweaters <laughs> that were saved from her wardrobe and they used them, the costume designer used them in the show. So it's just this little bit of, they they really do a good job of kind of like setting the table in this series so that when you do pick up, yeah, when you do, when you do pick it up from time to time, you're the, the glimpse into this dude's life keeps getting richer and keeps sort of like, coming in in more interesting ways so that's that's the only thing i wanted to just highlight if we are going to sort of stop talking about it today because it's something that i really loved about it yeah and i think what we can do steve is there's a couple shows that we may need to just check back on and it might be cool to have an episode where we follow up on a couple shows because i don't know if you've had a chance to watch the first episode of season two of dark matter but like I oh, said, well, I you got, need to. Like, well, I, I got news for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have actually watched all of season two of Dark Ooh! Matter and just watched the first season. I'm sorry, the first episode of season three. Wow. Yeah. So I just yeah. I, something got in me about that show that I was just like, okay. So <laughs> it was nice to not have the pressure of the podcast and just kind of be checking them out in my own time. But yeah, we can certainly come back talk about that yeah we'll come back uh, and I, talk I, I about haven't a few been able shows. To, totally i haven't been able to check in on gentleman jack season two but when we both do maybe we can come back and just do like a one-off special about that Ooh, that would yeah, be fun yeah there's also dairy girls has a second season out that i don't think is in america yet but so it's, it's out well steve then we got to get to the point because you know we can't delay the inevitable yeah. We're evolving, you know, the show a little bit, and this is going to be fun to revisit the Goldbergs. And I think we both agree that we won't try to cram 20 20 minute episodes into one podcast episode. So, surprise, we we have to watch a new show all of a sudden. And okay. I, you know, just occurred to me right before we hopped on that this could be the case. We would have to actually just make a call. So, I have pulled up my list real quick and just gone with one of the top ones because we're cultivating a ride and I didn't want to hit too similar of a note, but I didn't want to go too far. So I have a show in mind that I think is really going to be great 
And I think similarly, we'll watch the first few, hopefully all of the first few. And then if we want to, we can finish out. And if not, I think it'll be great either way. But this is a surprise new show really for both of us. So Steve, have you ever seen the Netflix original Atypical? No. No? No. That's a family. Michael Rappaport is yep, the dad? Yep, yep. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, and... Uh, heard about it. Heard it was like, hey, you got to watch this show kind of a show. Got to watch it. Um, yeah. A lot of familiar faces. Great, great people in it. And centers around a family and the oldest son who is autistic. Yeah, that's right. Who's the mom in it? Um... Oh my god, I'm embarrassed it's, that I, I'm not, picturing it, her, but I am like I'm blanking on her it's name. Not, it's not an Arquette, is it? Or like uh We'll just look it up now. Um Okay. But yeah, the autism with an autist atypical and the main character or one of the main characters is autistic. That yeah, I there was a lot of people were talking about the show when it came out. Uh Jennifer Jason Lee. That's what I yeah. couldn't find it in yeah. my mind, but yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, cool. And she's great, yeah. And the um both of the the son and the daughter uh of the family. So yeah, it's a, a mom, dad, son and daughter, and the son, who is the older one, has uh autism. He's on the autism spectrum. Um so yeah, it's a really uh fun and I think a good family. Pivot. Yep, a good really yeah. good pivot. Um, and just a little more in-depth modern and really, yeah, really gets into it. So not going to spoil anything, but this is, I think, a fun moment where um, we now promised our listeners that we're going to come back. We're going to revisit a few of these shows that we've already covered. And we've got a surprise new show today. So we're going to watch the pilot episode to Atypical on Netflix before the next shows with friends. All right. Good plan. I'm excited. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks for chatting, Steve. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts, and there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's Connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.